Welcome to the Back to Business Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Smithy. Today, we're here with Tower Pinkster. We're with Kelsey Grosbeck, mechanical engineer, and John Denbor, design architect. Thank you both for coming on the show today. Today, we're talking about sustainability. So, Kelsey, I want to start with you. I understand that you have kind of a second title at Tower Pinkster um, involving uh, sustainability. Tell me a little bit more about Tower Pinkster and just your role within Tower Pinkster. That's right. Um, I am also... Uh, one of our sustainability leaders. So I work on our internal sustainability effort. Mm -hmm. John here is also on our sustainability committee. Yes. Um, we are both Living Future accredited, um, which is um, within the International Living Futures Institute, um, another form of a sustainable metric that we strive for. At Tower Pinkster, um, we have four different offices, a wide range of disciplines, architecture, engineering, landscape and that really helps us to collaborate across the different disciplines and find ways to make our projects more sustainable. Yes. Yeah and tell me more about what your role looks like from day to day as a mechanical engineer but then also kind of working into that sustainability aspect too. Yeah so I've found that um, how we achieve more sustainable outcomes on our projects is by bridging the gap between disciplines. So mm -hmm. say for example um, I'll be doing an energy model and I'll have to plug in um, the window U-factor or the insulation, that requires me to reach over to the architecture department and figure out, okay, what are they looking at designing? What ways are our buildings oriented? And that really plays a huge role in the energy use and also the utility costs of the building. So that's an example of running energy models, iterating over and over again to try to drive down that energy use. Awesome. And John, tell me a little bit more about what you do day to day and kind of how that works again into that sustainability aspect. Sure. Absolutely. So I, I'm a design architect. Our role is really to interface with the client at the beginning of the project, help them kind of get their vision articulated um, into uh, a built form. Um, and one of the things we've really been working at trying to accomplish recently is getting our engineer friends closer and, and push farther into the design process or start earlier. And so that's one of the things that will really allow us to start um, doing more sustainable construction at you know a good return on investment. Yeah, so give me a little background on how Tower Pinkster really got into this sustainability mindset. I know that um, you mentioned you have a couple offices around the state, but just give me like kind of the background, like how did this sustainability kind of effort first start? Wow, we would yeah. go back pretty far, I would say. Um, even when I started at Tower almost eight years ago, we already had engineers and architects caring about energy efficiency and figuring yes. out, okay, what systems have the best life cycle analysis, going through kind of the details. Mm -hmm. More recently, though, we did sign on to the AIA 2030 commitment, um, which is a commitment to try to get to net zero carbon by 2030. It's a big feat, it's a lot of work, but yeah. what that means internally is that we are tracking data for all of our projects um, and trying to grow that every year to increase how many we are tracking, figuring out how do we drive down that energy use, um, how do we collaborate with the building owners on how to do that. So that's one of our more recent endeavors. Yeah, the, fir the first step for us is to get a baseline, you know, how mm -hmm. much energy are all our buildings using. Mm -hmm. um, that's the task that we're working on at the moment. Yeah. yeah, and what goes into that task of trying to figure out, like, how much energy are we using? 
Well, it can be as simple as just getting utility bills from a project, say if we're doing a renovation, which mm -hmm. we do a lot of renovations, we request the last year's utility bills. So how much gas, how much electricity, electricity. was used, um, and you can convert that into um, a metric called EUI, energy use intensity. So that's so the- Square foot measurement. Yeah, per energy, KBTUs per square foot. Um, and <clears throat> you can compare that with a whole baseline catalog of data to see, wow, we're really far off. We're really high compared to that. So how to does a, the- To a project of a similar type. Sure, Like sure. we'll compare yeah. labs to labs, hospitals to hospitals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's data across the nation for that. Give you a pretty quick idea of, okay, where do we stand and what do we need to do to- yeah, Get and so you've got this goal of being carbon neutral by 2030. That's only a few years away. That's, yep. uh, <laughs> I mean, here we are, end of 2022. That's mm -hmm. almost uh, about seven years away, a little more than seven years away. Yeah. Um, I guess my first question is, do you think you're going to be able to get that? What are some of the biggest challenges to achieving that goal? Uh, we don't know. We don't know if we'll get it or not. Yeah, um, we're, it's, you know, it's hopeful and it's ambitious for sure. Um, but we, <clears throat> excuse me, but we think it needs to happen. So um, we're trying to do everything we can to implement internal processes, educate the building owners, um, and try to build it over time. Mm -hmm. um, so right now we're looking at 10 different projects over different size, different type. Um, not every project is going to be net zero and yeah. have every different sustainability dream you can imagine. Um, but incrementally over time and trying to push big measures when we can when say building owners or a university is really interested in a larger project and and trying to learn from that and scale it mm -hmm. where we can yeah that's awesome and i think it's really telling that you say you know like how hard of a challenge this is right <laughs> to get there by 2030 like just coming out and saying it but it sounds like you know there's a real desire and need to get to that point tell me a little bit more about like the want both from like your customers from your company but also the need as a whole to get to that sustainability and why you really kind of take on this challenge as a company yeah so i guess we could start with the larger numbers of our industry yeah. i mean Residential and commercial buildings account for about 40% of the energy emitted. I think that was in 2020. Mm -hmm. um, and so it shows us that there's a really big opportunity for us. We could either get it right or get it wrong. <laughs> um, and so there is a big opportunity there to drive it down. A large portion of that too is embodied carbon. So from materials, how it's extracted, where they come from. But the other part of that is utility costs too. Um, yes of how the building operates over time. So that can also be seen through not just this larger grand picture of the challenge we face in the industry, but also it will impact who's operating the building, how much they're paying for energy every month. So to us, it's about the larger vision of you know trying to combat climate change, but it's also about making the buildings healthier and more affordable for the people who use them. I think if you look at the need, you know. Each year, we're getting more and more storms. They cost more and more money, and there's just a continual um, need for us to, to meet this challenge, both in reduce carbon, but also start planning for what our environment is gonna look like in the future. Like, you know, there's gonna be more storms. There's gonna be probably more power outages. So, you know, what does that mean for our clients and the buildings that they use? I did see a stat from NASA I think just yesterday, and they were saying how Hurricane Ian really picked up intensity because the waters surrounding 
um, the Gulf were two to three degrees higher than they normally are this time of year. So it's like very real impact that we're experiencing right now. Um, I think climate change can feel close to us, but also far from yes. us in time and space, right? I'm talking about Florida right now, um, but it does impact the weather patterns and, and everything too. So trying to connect it to us in time and space, I think is important. Well, and I'm sure a lot of this too, you know, even setting climate change aside is economical, right? You know, you it think is. about saving money on heating, yeah. on cooling, like what are some examples of, you know, maybe not the, the climate change aspect, but you know, when thinking about sustainability, just from a business perspective. Yeah. Um, from the mechanical engineering side, what we do on every project, if we're comparing two different system types, um, we run it through, say, a 30 or a 50 year life cycle analysis. So like the energy models that I mentioned, we'll calculate, okay, how much energy is this system going to use in one year? And then, you know, extrapolate that out over the life of the equipment and figure out, okay, does it make more sense to do option A that might have a higher first cost, but lower utility cost over time, or option B that might be more affordable now, but you're going to have to replace it earlier or have a higher monthly cost. So those are the types of things that we weigh on the mechanical side. Yeah. And just looking at our clients, we do a lot of work for K-12 for a lot of school districts. And a lot of these school districts are using um, mechanical equipment that was installed in the 50s and 60s, not at all efficient. And so just going through and renovating these spaces and bringing it up to today's standard is a huge reduction in energy, huge improvement in indoor air quality. Um, mm -hmm. There's so many benefits to just, you know, renovating our existing spaces. Right, we spend 90% of our time indoors for the most part. So mm -hmm. um, it's kind of a responsibility as well to trying to make those spaces healthy and more efficient. Yeah, and like when I think of efficiency, you know, I think of, uh, I, you know, think of buildings. I also kind of think of like cars, you know, 20 years ago, cars <laughs> weren't nearly as fuel efficient as they are now, Absolutely. you know. Um, I've got a fairly old sedan, but there's SUVs now that are way bigger and, you know, way more, you know, fuel efficient. So I think too that, um, idea and it sounds like that's something that you guys weigh a lot is you know um, this older you know heater or air conditioning unit mm -hmm. whatever it may be does it make sense to continue using that even though it's cheaper or should we kind of incorporate that you know like I said that better newer model that's going to save more over the long run um, now I'm wondering uh, Industry-wide, when you look at different architectural firms and you know uh, building firms, is that do you does Tower Pinkster stand alone, or do you really see the whole industry moving in that sustainability mindset direction? There's a there's a definite shift. Um, our AIA, the American Institute of Architects, kind of overall organization, is uh, working at improving uh, our energy efficiency, our sustainability. Here in Grand Rapids, um, I would say we're not alone in trying to build healthier, more fuel, more efficient buildings as well. Um, um, I will also add, it's helpful at Tower Pinkster that we have a lot of different disciplines in-house. Yes. I kind of touched on that already, but I've seen it to be really valuable just to walk across the room and say, hey, let's talk about this energy model, or what if we rotated the building 90 degrees? Um, that really helps to see those outcomes later on. And not every firm has everything in-house and you can collaborate across different businesses for sure, but yeah. it's something that has helped with our internal processes and how we've gone through from concept to SD, DD, we've gone through and evaluated each of those steps and how can we make them more 
sustainable at each phase and for each yes. discipline too. So project managers, architects, engineers, um, all of that too. So um, it's been really helpful for us. Yeah, that's really cool. Now I'm wondering uh, for both of you, what uh, projects are you guys working on right now where you have that sustainability mm -hmm. mindset? We have one yeah. um, but we're working on together in Grand Rapids. Um, it's called Motown. Um, and we are implementing the Enterprise Green Communities rating system. And so we're focusing the design on net zero ready. So trying to drive down energy efficiency, drive up energy efficiency as much as we can and coupling that with um, preparing the electrical infrastructure for solar panels. In the um, future. Doing things like using Energy Star appliances. Um, the building will be fully electric. So trying to reduce our dependency on natural gas. Improve wall and en wall envelope as well. Mm -hmm. um, good windows, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, I know windows are a big thing. You know, everyone wants all this natural light, but I'm sure that lets stuff in and out. But it mm -hmm. seems like that's something that lately, you know, you hear a lot about, oh, you know, these windows are, you know, energy approved or, you know, they yeah. keep heat in and out. So just things like that. It's just interesting to see, like, how far we've come just in, like, technical mm -hmm. advancements in, like, windows in the last, Absolutely. you know, 100 years or so, which is mm -hmm. really cool to hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering uh, what else do you guys uh, want to add, you know, when you think about sustainability, thinking about as you guys plan? Well, something that I work on a lot is our rebates and EPACT, um, which is a federal tax credit available to um, owners who implement energy efficiency measures or replace mm -hmm. lighting to be LED, um, replace the building envelope, new windows, yeah. um, all of that that is available. So. We help to facilitate that, um, our rebate program, whether it's consumers, DTE, or a, a local utility group, there's always money available to help incentivize doing these measures. They're not the most flashy always, you know, yeah. sometimes it's, it's something that's, placing lights but or. as an engineer, I love <laughs> the details and sometimes the nitty gritty of it um, can help, mm -hmm. you know, um, persuade an owner to maybe follow through on it if, if they have additional funds other than not, so. And if you're an entity that doesn't pay taxes, our company has a policy of applying for that tax credit and returning the money back to the, mm -hmm. the entity, the nonprofit. Wow, that's awesome. I love how you guys are working to, you know, help companies and nonprofits or, you know, different entities save money, but also, like you guys have said this whole show, like you're, you feel a responsibility to, you know, work towards uh, bettering the planet, but mm -hmm. also saving, you know, people money. Because I think that's one thing when we talk about sustainability on this podcast that we've heard time and time again is it's not just like the right thing to do. It's also the smart thing to do. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So awesome. Well, I want to thank both of you for being on the show today um, and tell us a little bit more about Tower Pinkster and sustainability. If people want to learn more about your sustainability efforts, uh, is there a website they can go to or ways to contact you, things like that? Yeah, they can go to our website um, or feel free to, I think our contact information is on our website as well. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Mm -hmm. Thank you both for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you.